0: Jelly Marketing Podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for episode number 14 of the Jelly Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Jans. On the Jelly Marketing Podcast, we ask global industry leaders from world-class brands to share their best practices, stories, innovations, and more to help you move your agency, business, or organization ahead. Our topic for today is how to work with influencers and take your PR to the next level. Our guest, Shucheta Singh, is the PR coordinator at Jelly Marketing. Before joining Jelly, Sucheta was the host of BC People on Global Television and a television reporter and editor for Shaw TV. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we find out what Sucheta likes to spread on her toast. Episode number 14. Can I get that on Instagram? Here we go. Hi, Sucheta, Thanks for joining me on the Jelly Marketing Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Sucheta is the PR coordinator at Jelly Marketing and she is the second person from Jelly Marketing that we've had on the program. So it's great to have somebody else from the company. And nice.
1: uh, <laughs> It was the first one, Aman.
0: Aman was the first one, yeah. Uh, in a moment, I'd like to talk to you about your specialty. But before we go there, just tell us a little bit about your, your career path and, and how you ended up at Jelly Marketing.
1: For sure. My background is in broadcast journalism. So I went to, you know, ever since I was in my teens, so in high school I always wanted to become a journalist. So I decided to go to Langara. They have a great print and magazine program out there. So went there for a couple of years, got my journalism diploma, and then I decided television and radio would be the way to go. So I applied for BCIT, went for their two-year broadcast journalism program there and interned with CTV, interned with CKNW, some magazines. And then I decided to move to Victoria because I got a job um, working with Shaw Television out there. And so for about five and a half years, I lived in Victoria. I worked for Shaw Television. I worked for Global on a contract basis for a series that they were doing. And then because of the way media is going right now, there aren't a lot of jobs, they're cutting, it's all being changed around. Um, I decided I should go back to school, get my communications degree and um, delve into that a little bit. So I started, you know, working with communications and um, now public relations as well. So applied to Jelly Marketing while I was in school and something came up. So I, you know, they hired me and uh, that's where we've gone from there. So I just finished my communications degree in April. So that's pretty new, but Jelly Marketing I've been here for about since last October, so almost 10 over 10 months, yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and as you say that, industry's really changing. As as uh, it's interesting that you brought that up. I talked to someone just last night who works at Shaw, and he was telling me how much his job has changed. Shaw for people who aren't familiar with them maybe listening to us in the states or somewhere else as a local cable provider, and they actually have their own sort of local access television. And Mm. for a number of years, they've produced their own shows, but he was saying that now it's it's changed a whole lot. They're starting something called Access Television, and it's actually – they want people out in the community to produce their own shows. And his job has become to teach people how to do that rather than filming and producing their own shows at the station. So that's a – that's a big change. And actually, I think they're actually moving away from the station altogether, and it's going to go totally online. So big changes yeah, in that so industry. Yeah, so that's what hey? they're,
1: you know, when I was um, when I was leaving, that's what they were doing is access television. And, you know, it's a changing world out there. And same thing with um, mainstream broadcasters as well. Um, they're seeing changes in their newsrooms. And of course, newspapers, we hear about it all the time. Lots of cuts. So it's a changing industry, and everybody's going to kind of find their path in terms of, you know, what they want to do or if they want to stick it out.
0: Did you always want to get into journalism and marketing? Where, where did that bug first hit you?
1: Um, for me, journalism was just, you know, it was my outlet to tell stories. I love Telling stories. I love listening to stories. I've grown up with it. My, my dad's an amazing storyteller. So kind of get it from there. But yeah, it was just, you know, this first before you get into journalism, you have these fantasies about it, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to cover these amazing events and yada, yada, yada. You can do that. It's just that that's not reality when you first get into journalism school and, you know, first get out of it and try to find a job and whatnot. So, um, it kind of changed for me and I, you know, I went more towards the lifestyle side of things, just telling, you know, everyday stories about people in the community, you know, down the street, along with doing some political stuff and some regular news stories. So it was just it's 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 one of those jobs that's amazing because it's not the same every single day. You're telling stories about people in your community, what's happening, etc. So it was it was that part of it that really got me. And I still love it. I still love telling stories, but the thing is, I'm not doing it in front of the camera. I'm not doing it on radio or whatever it is. I'm doing it from the other perspective. I'm doing it from the client's perspective.
0: It's remarkable how often storytelling comes up on the Jelly Marketing podcast. I think almost every single show people have talked about their job, no matter what it is that they're doing. They might be doing, they might be the social media manager. They might be putting on events. They, everybody talks about telling. A story. I think we may have a good subject for a future Canadian internet marketing conference. Just <laughs> do make the theme storytelling. It just comes up over and over again.
1: Well, I guess that's how we kind of pass it down too, right? It's just like, we love listening to stories since we're young kids. And as we grow up, it's just like, okay, tell me your story. Your product is great. Tell me your story. Yeah. So maybe that's it.
0: Absolutely. I was thinking that too, as you just before you said that even was that uh there's sort of this human need or it's the way that we communicate and pass things down you know for generations that's the way uh the values and and the history of a of a, of a a tribe or whatever was passed on was through the telling of stories and we just i guess we we're, we're continuing to do that exactly yeah yeah did you do anything else uh between you know did you have any other sort of PR jobs or communication jobs or was did you just go right from college over to Shaw and then to to Jelly
1: yeah so it was pretty much you know college um, to Shaw Television to traveling around the province with Global and then deciding it's time to quit and um, doing a bit of contract work and then just going to school full time and then I decided well why not just volunteer to get that experience I mean even though my background is media it's just always nice to you know kind of delve into PR and to what it really is so that was me working with you know the local community center or the local organizations nonprofits, and helping them with their communications plans and helping them with their public relations a little bit um, so I was doing that and jelly just kind of popped up because a friend of mine had said hey why don't you apply with them because I've worked with some of their clients and I said oh okay that'd be a great idea Looked them up because I was looking my husband is from Abbotsford so we were looking to move out here and and so I thought hey that'd be great living out there living in the valley and working with jelly and when I applied I just found it to be one of those you know working atmospheres that worked for me it was nurturing it was fun it was exactly what I was looking for and especially making that transition I could still learn on the job so it was a bit of everything that I was looking for. And so we went for it and, um, I happened to get the job. And so, you know, started working out in Abbotsford, then moved to Langley and now we're in Fort Langley. So yeah, that's, that's been my journey
0: so far. This is kind of a job interview question. I'm almost chuckling at myself <laughs> as I ask it. But, uh, you, you know, what did you learn in, in those other jobs and in, uh, in volunteering that you bring now to, to jelly marketing? What were some of the lessons? Like if Darian was sit, sitting down with you, interviewing you, <laughs> and he said, what are, you, what are you bringing here to us? What, what, what How would you answer that?
1: Well, given that my background's been in media and I'm working for public relations, it's just the other side of the coin. I, you know, given how media works and not a lot of people realize, hey, if I'm pitching a story, this is how it's going to be. This is what we're looking for, um, whatever it is, you know, you can't just. When I was working in media, if, pe- if people gave me, hey, here's my bottle of juice, please write about it or talk about it. That's not what we do. And that's not what media does. And so you have to say, well, why is that bottle of juice amazing? What is it about that bottle of juice that I should feature you on my show or in an article or whatever it is? Um, so that was more traditional media. So my background is more traditional media. And so when I joined with Jelly, and especially volunteering, even before that, it was a world of influencers, it was a world of digital marketing. Um, you know, over the last few years, influencers have become this big um, part of public relations where instead of going to, let's say, media, so you're to your local radio station, to your local television station, to your local news outlet, you're going to individuals who are bloggers, who have certain social media accounts, who have this influence um, with their followers that works better in terms of selling your product than, let's say, you know, getting your story in the newspaper. Not that that's not great, um, but because these, Followers are really loyal to these bloggers and these influencers. Um, They're more likely to pay attention to what they say rather than what the media says. I think sometimes we're very tired of having, you know, having somebody talk to us and being like, oh, look at this wonderful bottle of juice that I have. You should buy it or whatever it is. Whereas the blogger or the influencer will say, hey, I tried this. I loved it. This is what I did with it. This is how I used it. Um, so you know give it a try and let's have a conversation you're more likely to go towards that so it was this whole new world of influencers that I had to kind of wrap my head around coming from traditional media and um, comparing the two so it was a bit of a learning curve I would say through my media um, job through volunteering and now through jelly marketing it's just been an evolution I would say.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that it's something you had to learn because I, my mind, uh, gets stuck in traditional PR yes. as well, which is, oh, we need to get the local TV station down here to cover us or we need to somehow get our article printed in, in a newspaper. So yeah, that working with influencers is, is something that it's, it's really a, a trend right now. And maybe just, do you have a practical example? Do you have a story that you could tell us where you or maybe even someone else that you know of worked with an influencer to get their message out there?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, and I would say this, for traditional media, many I guess clients would work great with traditional media. Think corporations, think very political heavy corporations or stuff like that. That works very well with traditional media because that's your target audience. For influencers, for example, we worked, um, we had a client, Haida Wild, and it's a seafood company based out of Haida Gwaii. And what we did is we reached out to Tori, who runs Fresh Nutrition. She's the face behind Fresh Nutrition, and her entire thing is food, how to, you know, make certain recipes, nutrition, all this stuff. So we reached out to Tori, and we'd never worked with her before. And we said, hey, Tori, we'd love to send you some seafood from Hide wild. This is who they are. We would love you to come up with some recipes, talk about them, share it on your blog, share it on your social media, and see, you know, what you can do for us. And she said, okay, yeah, sure, you know this is what I'm willing to do. Can you please send me this much seafood? And so we did. We sent her a bunch of um, salmon and other fish. And she came up with these wonderful recipes, which we loved. And I know the client loved it. And she's continuing to work with Hyda Wild over these past few months. So, you know, it's one of those things where you reach out to these people who are, you know, they have a certain niche. So her niche is food, her niche is nutrition, her niches, you know, creating these recipes. So we went to her because we knew her following is loyal. Her followers are loyal. She comes up with great stuff and she's just wonderful to work with. And it, you know, people got to know about a Wild, and she just comes up with these wonderful recipes that, you know, if you look at her Instagram account, it just makes you hungry. So she was great for that, and we reached out to her for Level Ground as well, Level Ground Tea and Coffee, which is based out of Victoria. It's all about fair trade and organic, and we sent her a bunch of tea, and she came up with these wonderful recipes like London Fog with their Earl Grey tea or um, iced tea popsicles, and it was a hit on her blog, so it worked out.
0: Mm. It's so cool. It's less invasive too. It's less in your face, isn't it? It's like, well, she's using this product and she's come up with this great recipe. And if you want to give it a try, we'll try this particular, you might try this particular tea. Mm -hmm. because otherwise how
1: are you going to know what to do with it like you know you give me a bunch of salmon (laughs) yeah i like to cook and do whatever but after a while i'm like well what else what else do i do with the salmon or what else will i do with this tea and then you have this influencer that you follow you're reading her blog every single day and you're like hey that's cool that looks really delicious let me try this so it's one of those things where she's She's created this following. These people feel like they know her. Um, they follow her every single day, so they're more likely to listen to her than they would, let's say, a chef on TV on the noon new news, for example. So it's it's that difference, and it and once again, it depends on the client. Some it work. Traditional media works great for them, and for others, influencers work well for them.
0: I bet that's. I'm guessing that's part of your job, isn't it? Is to decide, you know. whether to use traditional media or to use influencers or to use some other entirely different strategy right because I know jelly works with some fairly well known brands and I would imagine in some cases traditional media works for them or a combination of things and so is that part of your your job as well as coming up with that type of strategy and deciding who works with who?
1: Yeah. So we look at the client and we say, well, what are your needs? So for some clients, when you pitch them to, let's say, traditional media, it sounds very salesy, especially when we work with some of our real estate clients. It's very salesy. So you have to come up with an angle for that. So but for real estate clients, I think traditional works a bit better than traditional influencers may influencers still have their place especially if they are from a certain region that we're trying you know where the development might be so we'll reach out to some influencers and say hey can you write about this can you you know what can we do so we kind of work with them but at the same time for some real estate developments traditional media works very well because that's their target market it's a higher end um somebody who's you know looking to buy a house they'll be watching the news they're watching the trends they're seeing where new developments are coming up so so we have to kind of sit down and say, what will work best for what? Although when I'm pitching, I pitch to both sides because you never know who might pick it up, but it depends on the strategy that we're going for. And for some clients, we say, hey, let's just do an influencer campaign because that'll work great for you because you're a lifestyle brand, for example. So let's just work with, um, you know, influencers because that's going to be better for your brand, for your story. Um, we can do more with it, whereas traditional might be a one-off. So I think it just depends on who we're working with. Right now Splashdown is a client of ours and both influencers and traditional media has been great and because of the story, the story is they're shutting down after 33 years, the nostalgia is there, you know, people remember when they were kids and they were going to Splashdown. So the traditional media is very interested, but at the same time the mommy bloggers and um, some of the influencers are great for it as well because they're telling their followers, hey, go down to Splashdown, see, you know, what they have to offer, attend one last time, remember the memories, et cetera. So it's just two different sides and there's two different stories, but both um, influencers and traditional media works for that client.
0: I'm wondering – you know, our, our audience is, I'm not wondering what our audience is. I know what our audience is. <laughs> our audience is mostly marketing people and then probably some business owners as well. I wonder if you have some tips for us. What's working really well for you in the, in the PR area that maybe some other people could, could give a try?
1: I would say, you know, when, when people come to us and it's, you know they're like oh look at my product look how great it is I'm sure your product is fantastic I'm not doubting that but I can't just sell your product I can't just be like look at this pen it's wonderful that's not what influencers or let's say media will pick up what's the story behind that pen what is your story you're trying to sell that story you're not gonna sell the product you're selling your story and that's what people buy Unless it's a hoverboard and nobody's ever seen a hoverboard before. Yes, that's different. It's something unique. But if it's a product that a lot of other people sell, but you know, you, I'm sure it's a very unique product. I'm sure it's very well made. But what is it about you that sets you apart from other companies? And that's what I think a lot of business owners need to wrap their head around is that I can sell. I, I can't just sell your product. I can't just get you free um, publicity that way. So what is your story? What is unique about you that I can use in my press releases, in my pitches, in my news releases and say, Hey, you guys need to try this out because, you know, this is the background. This is how they came up with it. Um, this is who they help, etc." So I think you really have to put thought into your story of your brand and that's, I think that's where some people get really caught up in just the product, but you have to look at the whole picture. So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I would, um, I would give to people. And the other thing is that PR is, it's a risk. Um, sometimes it's a hit and sometimes it's a miss. We can usually make it work, but you have to give it time. Um, expecting things to happen right away. It doesn't work like that. It takes a lot of, relationship building it takes a lot of nurturing it's um darian sometimes says that you know you put seeds and you watch it grow but it'll take time but it will grow eventually so it takes it takes a lot of relationship building on my part. And if the business owner is doing it on their own, it takes a lot of relationship building and meetings and networking on their part to go out, meet these people that you want them to talk about your product. You need to meet these people and say, this is why I want you to talk about my product. This is what my product is, etc." So just give it some time. Don't expect it, you know, in a month, it's going to blow up. That's not the way it works.
0: I think some of these larger brands can can really they really show us some things uh you know someone like Elon Musk with Tesla he, he, it's a it's such an interesting story in and of itself that you know he's always in the media just because of new things that he's trying and i don't know how much of it is really intentional or not but uh because of what he's doing it is so newsworthy he's getting he's getting covered all the time you know Richard Branson with 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 his virgin brand and and apple there's so many classic, uh, brands out there that were just drawn into their story just because of, uh, what they're, what they're trying, trying to do. You know, that's, that's kind of an example of that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, Elon Musk and uh, Richard Branson, I mean, they're big personalities as well. So, um, you got to take that into account, but yeah, I mean, coming up with Tesla, that's like the next generation, new innovation. People are excited about that. Him as a personality is pretty big too. So people want to follow that. Same thing with Richard Branson, you know, um, whether he crashes his motorcycle, that makes news. It's just who they are as people, but their brand, and they're the faces behind the brand. So of course people are interested, but yeah. Yeah. It's what they're doing, the next level that they're going to, um, and the stories behind how they got to where they got to. So that that's all exciting for media, right? That's mm-hmm. They're following them. They want to know more. Um, and it keeps them on their toes. So, yeah, for sure.
0: But even the mom and pop store has a story that will be interesting to people, don't they? That people are going to want to get behind and, and want to follow. And you know, you don't have to be those big personalities necessarily. But I would imagine part of your job is going in there and digging out that story that you think is going to be interesting to to the public and get people to get into their get into their store or look up their website or attend their their event.
1: Yeah, and I always I, I always say this, but everybody out there has a story. And I believe that when I worked in media as well, everybody out there has a story to tell. And there's always something interesting that you can find. So, you know, whether that's an individual, whether that's a mom and pop shop, whether that's a big corporation, whatever it is, everything and everybody has a story. So yeah, part of my job is asking, what is you know, how did you start this? What is it about your brand that sets you apart? What are you doing? Um, and just kind of pulling from that and saying, hey, that's a cool angle. And it's interesting, because sometimes clients will pitch, hey, this is the part of my story that I really like. And I'm like, well, that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is the one that you kind of buried, you know, when we were having our conversation. That's what's interesting. That's what's going to catch my eye. And that's what's probably going to catch the reader's eye, or the media that we're pitching to. So, it's always nice to find out the story behind the story or stuff that, you know, they might not find interesting, but you know, is the bulk of it is what's going to get attention. So it's really digging, digging for some of that stuff.
0: Steve Dotto, a recent guest on the jelly marketing podcast. I thought he had something brilliant going on. He had this very public quest for a hundred thousand YouTube followers and he's giving, (laughs) he's, he's giving tech advice, but he set a date and said by whatever date, I can't remember what the date was, but I'm, I'm going to have a hundred thousand YouTube followers. So he would do a combination of, um, what was working for him. Sorry, I got some sirens going on in the background. Um, he, he would, he would post about what's working for him as far as increasing his subscriber base. But at the same time, he's giving, giving tech advice. So he had this quest, this story that people got, it, it was an ongoing story that people could actually participate in.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's the thing people bought into people are interested in the story, they want to hear more. So, uh, so that's what catches their ear or their eye or whatever it is. So if you have an interesting story, if you have something, you know, related, but not related, you know, and you see it all the time, it's like, you see a commercial, and you're like, how does this relate to the product, but people buy into that story. And that's what makes it interesting for them.
0: Okay, well let's transition into our last little section here. We do a lightning round like so many other podcasts do. Sure. And uh <laughs> you working at Jelly Marketing podcast. I'm real sorry, you working at Jelly Marketing. I'm really interested in what your answer to this will be. And by the way, the answer no pressure here. The answer does not have to be jelly. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> everybody always asks that. They feel bad that quite often their answer is not jelly. <laughs> So because we are the Jelly Marketing Podcast, what do you like to spread on your toast?
1: Um, Avocado and sometimes jelly and sometimes peanut butter. It just depends on my mood during that day. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I know. It's a very complicated answer, but that's how I am.
0: Not at the same time, though. You don't put avocado with jelly. No,
1: no, no. That would be really gross.
0: (laughs) But you're the first person to say avocado, and I like that answer. I love avocado. That's great.
1: Good, yeah.
0: Yeah, really healthy and all kinds of stuff. That's good. (laughs) what do you do to handle stress
1: I do some yoga and I work out or I listen to music that's how I kind of deal with it
0: and are you an iPhone person or an Android person iPhone and you have a favorite app on your iPhone
1: Um, Instagram right now is like my go-to Instagram or snapchat
0: great and this is gonna date me but I've got to figure out snapchat
1: <laughs> uh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's pretty fun, especially with those faces and the filters. Yeah, <laughs> lots of fun.
0: Cool. Do you have a favorite life or business hack to share? Some sort of shortcut or loophole that makes your life easier?
1: Listening. Uh, listen to what people have to say. I think it uh, goes a long ways to you know whether they're giving advice, whether they're just you know talking about their life, whatever it is. I've noticed that if I listen to what people have to say, if something comes up, I remember it and I can, you know, especially if somebody I don't know that well, I can converse with them later on. Mm.
0: And I know it's hard to pick one, but just for the purposes of our podcast, do you have a cause that's near and dear to you that you could tell us about? A
1: cause that's near and uh, close to me. I don't think there's just one cause, um, but my family has been affected by cancer a lot. So that's always one of the, you know, the causes that I drift towards.
0: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife and I are this kind of a personal thing, but we're going to a funeral this weekend of a friend who got brain cancer and uh, just found out a couple months ago and he went that fast. So yeah, it's something that affects us all, isn't it?
1: Oh, for sure. It's um, it's a terrible disease, for sure.
0: And how can people reach out to you? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Or you can email me at, at com if you have any questions.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Uh, some great information on, on PR. I really appreciated what you shared.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thanks again to Suchetta Singh from Jelly Marketing for joining us on episode number 14 of the Jelly Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to check out some of the show links and show notes from this episode, go to the Jelly Marketing Podcast page at jellymarketing.com and you'll find it under the blog tab of the website. Also be sure and check us out on iTunes and leave a comment and a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. You can fly high